becoming more common to hear people talk about their phones ringing less. Some business owners are getting concerned about the volume of work they have. I even heard about a business owner who had someone knock on their door looking for a job. Things are changing. What does that mean for your business and how can we prepare? Stay tuned to find out. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So for most of you, you know that I successfully started, scaled, exited a profitable service company. When I left, we had over 50 employees that I trusted. Um, that allowed me to work only three days a week. We invoiced over 9,000 jobs a year, so it allowed me to work more or less because I wanted to, not because I had to. That all sounds fantastic, but that is not how it started. When we first started in 2011, I was working six or seven days a week uh, for the first few years, literally selling our service door to door. I would literally go park downtown of the major metropolitan area I lived, downtown the big city, and I would spend three days a week literally going door to door, selling our service to every restaurant, every bar, every hotel, every hospital, apartment complex, barbershop. It didn't matter. We didn't take a single paycheck until we had several full-time employees. For over eight months, we didn't take a single paycheck, the, the business owners. We wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars on marketing that didn't work all through the hard, you know, some of the hardest times through the great financial crisis. Uh, we tried all kinds of things to, to make the phones ring. We wasted just an obscene amount of money. We struggled with employees and processes and profitability and knowing what to focus on with so many things changing at once. Among And there's just a number of other things that we just, you know, to me, blunders to mention. So my point is, it was not the same when I left as when I started for sure. Uh, not only was it, was it a part of being a, a business owner, learning things and figuring out what worked and what didn't, but the economic cycle was just different when we started. So I sold my business in January 2021, but we started in 2011. Prior to that, I was responsible for commercial sales for the company I worked at when the dot-com bust happened in 2001. And I was the GM of that same company for the local branch of a national service company with over 60 employees when the global financial crisis hit in 2008. So as a general manager, I had over 60 employees that I was responsible for right when the worst of all that stuff happened. And why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you this because these things happen in cycles and we're just about to the end of this usually decade or long or so long uh, economic cycle. This time it's been extended a little bit, but it's still, these things generally happen about every seven to 10 years, you know, from 2001 to 2008 was seven years. And before that it was, you know, whatever, uh, in 87 and then just on and on. So point is these things happen in cycles and there are some things that would just be plain cruel of me not to share with you having had key roles in the last two, knowing that we're on the precipice of this happening again, I think there's some key things that's important for me to share with you. Not not in a, in a panic-stricken way and not in a, oh my gosh, bad things are coming. Um, difficulties coming, 
and and a change in priorities is coming. And we're going to talk about some things that we're going to have to do differently than we have been doing. But this is just a cycle. This is just how it goes. This is why uh, this is why businesses, frankly, fail sometimes because of these economic cycles and people not preparing for them properly. So, a few things I think it's important for me to share. The first one is, even though this cycle was artificially extended because of PPP money and other COVID cash and whatever, the recession is still coming. Like, like it, I, I hear people um, less now, but I hear people talking as if this time is going to be different. This time there will be no recession. This time it's just going to keep on going. And and you know my business is different. And you don't understand in my geographic area we're we're busier than we've ever been. And I understand that. But those are all the same things we said in two thousand one. And I assure you that's the same things we said in 2008 because that was a very short cycle. So even though it was artificially extended, it's still coming. This may be the most important thing for any business owner to just wrap their heads around. It's coming. Winter is coming and leaves are falling off the trees. And another thing I'll share is this kind of uh, this pendulum kind of analogy I use. And and in my mind, 45% of our time as business owners, we are desperately seeking more employees. 45% of our time, we're desperately seeking more work. And 10% of the time is that sweet spot right in the middle where we pass from the one end of the pendulum where we need more work through the 10% to the other end of the pendulum where we need more employees. And then we hang out there for years and then it comes right back through again. Now, is it exactly 45 to 45? Probably not. It maybe I don't know, maybe it's 40, 50 and 10. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. Roughly, though, half, a little less than half our time, we desperately need more work. A little less than half our time, we desperately need more employees, and then we pass through the sweet spot. It's it's important that we keep mindful of that because what happens is we get so confident, like in, in this period now, people are so confident that all we got to do is get more employees because the phone's just going to keep ringing. I mean, it's just like, why wouldn't it? It's been working for three, four, five years. Like, we got our marketing dialed in, and the messaging is just right, and our employees get it. All I need, like, all I need is more employees. And we're just going to be like perfect. Like it's just going to be all perfect. And this is one of the hardest things it was for me to get my, uh, my head around both as a, a business owner, a manager for a large company, you know, a large branch of a company in sales. It didn't matter. There's not really a time, a, a prolonged period, extended period of time where we're going to be in that sweet spot range that the likelihood or that the, the, um, yeah, the likelihood that we're going to have this extended period of time where we have just the right amount of work for just the right amount of employees, that's just not reality in my experience. It's just not. There's always too many employees or there's always too much work or not enough employees or not enough work, however you want to look at it. It just the the the, the periods of time we have that perfect balance are fleeting. They just don't last very long. And we and we usually pass through them on the way to the other problem that we're not prepared for sometimes because we've convinced ourselves it's different this time. And it's not different this time. It's not ever different this time. We can look back since, you know, the 1700s and see economic cycles on this continent in the United States. We can certainly look back since the country was founded, you know, uh, pre-1800 and see that these economic cycles happen. Sometimes they're really big and ugly. Sometimes they're minor, but they always happen. So that's the first thing is just coming to the reckoning that this is not going to be different this time. The second thing is, we have to stay in tune with what will be changing criteria which drive our customers' buying decisions. What works for people when they're flush with cash to compel them to buy right now, which most of us want to do. We want to get out to the job site, 
provide an estimate. They say yesterday, we start the work today, we start the work tomorrow, next week, whatever it is. But the, but most of us have a goal of getting them to say yes rapidly. The, the things that make that happen when people are flush with cash, as they've been for the last few years, and I'm recording this in early 2023, are different when they're nervous about things like their spouse's job security or that they, their neighbor just got laid off and they're like, what is going on? You know, what uncertainty drives much different decision-making and the criteria that drive those decisions are much different when people are uncertain than when they are very confident in their economic and social status future. Confidence and uncertainty, um, the decision-making is just much different. So for example, having seen this firsthand, I will speak to this one particular thing. If you come across with a customer as unaware, not understanding, or inconsiderate about their fears, whether they're warranted or not, their fears about their financial insecurity, you will lose all trust immediately. So if we have technicians who are, who are going out to somebody's home, and they've had this period of time for years where the customers are just, money's not an issue. Like, the, you know, just convincing the customer that we provide more value is the issue than brand X. That's the issue. If you approach it that way, and this person's genuinely worried about their financial future, and they're genuinely wondering, like, if I lose my house, is it going to matter if I buy this new HVAC unit? <laughs> and we are not in tune with that. It comes across completely selfish and uncaring. And once that happens, you're done. Like your technician is done. Whoever's out selling the estimator, the salesperson, the technician, whoever's doing the sales, if they are not in tune with those different criteria, they are done. People are just less trusting in general when there's uncertainty to that degree. When you see your neighbor get laid off and you hear about the, the person, you know, the street down whose house went up for foreclosure, people are less trusting and they just, they just withdraw and they make decisions differently than they do when people are, are worried about whether they're going to buy a boat or a jet ski with their extra money. <laughs> they just do. And so our employees may need to brush up on building rapport and establishing trust under those circumstances, which are not going to be the same as it is now. So this is a critical thing that we must understand and our employees must understand. Building trust rapport when things are going gangbusters with the economy and people are generally not worried about money, they're generally not worried about they're losing their house, they're generally not worried about their kids losing their cars and their kids' careers and whatever. It's different when they are worried about those things. Building trust rapport is different than it. Now, do we still have to do it in both cases? Yes, of course. But it's just different. And we have to be tuned into that. And we have to spend time educating our employees about how to serve our customers more than we have because it's it's frankly easier when when economic times are good. And it's frankly harder when things are not good, especially on higher ticket things. Which And, and this is the other piece for, for the businesses. Again, having seen this firsthand, um, the company I worked for, the national company I worked for, their model during the, the high economic times was to, that over 50% of the revenue came from what they considered big ticket items, which they were big ticket. They were several thousand dollars each. They budgeted for that to be over 50% of their revenue. And when those big ticket items started to fall off because of the economic cycle, people just bought those things less. They were just much more reluctant. They were willing to try more Band-Aid type repairs instead of the big replacements and stuff like that. But the company had budgeted for over 50% of the revenue to come from those big ticket items. So when that, when that fell, it was dramatic. 
and it had a drastic impact on the company because they had spent as if they were going to have those things. They bought vehicles and supplies and and whatever as if that was just going to happen because that was what it was in the budget. And so this idea that we're just going to be able to keep counting on these big ticket things through an economic cycle period where people are concerned and nervous and scared and frankly sometimes say, I don't know if I'm going to have this house in a year. If I lose my job and my wife loses her job, the house is gone anyway. So why would I buy this thing for $10,000? Those kinds of things do happen. Now, what many people or business owners are going to say, well, I'm not going to target those people. I want high income households. That's how I'm going to avoid that problem. Well, guess what every one of our competitors is going to say? They want the same high-income households. So it's just important that we we prepare our business and our employees for how things are going to change. We have to start educating our employees about how to serve our customers more than we have. For many years now, it's been, quite frankly, all about the employee and keeping up with demand. How do we get more employees? How to keep ones we have? How do we keep everybody happy? If we lost two employees, holy smokes, we're way worse off than we are now. How do we keep up with this demand, et cetera? And quite frankly, as that changes and becomes much more customer-centric, sometimes employees get angry and resentful and bitter. Employees will slightly resist this idea of it's going to go back to focusing on what the customer wants. For some, all they know is this era of people not worrying too much about spending $15,000 on something new for their home or their business or whatever. They will have to be taught how to handle when people are nervous about spending $1,000. They'll have to be taught how to handle when people are not really reluctant about comparing brand X and brand Y, they're reluctant about buying at all. And we as business owners can get angry and say, well, they should know better. They should, they should be able to understand. Well, in my experience, it takes some time and some education. They will generally think, ah, this is a blip. This is no big deal. We got to get through a few weeks, few months, whatever. And we'll be right back to, right back to the races. And every day we put off teaching them what reality is And what's really going on and how to adapt, they're out there burning through calls with our customers, getting no money on each call, not selling the job, not getting the estimate closed, et cetera. So every day we tell ourselves they should know better. And every day they're telling themselves and us and whoever will listen that this is just a little blip. Things are going to be right back to the races in no time. Every day that that happens, we are losing money. We are losing sales. We're losing the opportunities we have in front of us. It is critical that we, we educate people as to what's going on. So this is not something that we can just continue to say, you know, kick the can down the road. Someday, hopefully tomorrow, hopefully today as you're listening to this, we got it. We have to say we have to start preparing for this. And, you know, here's the thing. What if what if Brian is what if I'm just completely I've lost my mind and I'm completely wrong? What if what's the downside? What's it? You, you get more effective at communicating with your customers. You get better training for your employees. You get a higher percentage of, of calls you close. Maybe you listen a few episodes ago and you start putting in a, a revenue follow-up plan. Okay, what's the downside to all that stuff? Versus the downside, if I'm right, historically speaking, it's you know pretty good batting average every seven to 10 years. In this case, it's going to be closer to 12 or 13, I guess. But if I'm right and we don't act, there are major consequences. There are massive consequences. And we have to begin training our and teaching our employees because it takes time. They may not, they're not just going to like, you tell them this one time in a five minute conversation, they go, okay, got it. I'm off. I'm, I got it now. I'm, I'm dialed into how to adjust to this new economic time. That is not how it works. It takes weeks or months, many months in some cases to get employees to truly understand it's no longer about them and now it's about the customer. So more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you about something that I'm super excited about and everybody loves, which is free. 
If you like free, stay tuned. Listen to this. I'm getting ready to launch a completely new group for business owners just like you. And I'd like you to invite to uh, invite you to come check it out for free. One of the things I've learned over the last few years is that people I work with learn a ton from and really enjoy having an open forum where they get to ask and get answers to questions they frankly can't ask anywhere else. They also appreciate getting to learn from the questions that their fellow business owners ask in those same groups. This is what's prompting me to launch this new group exclusively for contractors, home service providers, and B2B service companies who have technicians that will go out and service their customers. So if you're a contractor or a B2B service uh, company or a home service providing company and you send technicians somewhere to fix things or do things, this group is for you. Each week, I'll do a few minutes of training on a relevant topic, and then we'll open the conversation up for Q&A about anything going on in your business. So examples of questions have been asked and answered in these other kinds, other groups I run. Here's one that happened a couple weeks ago. I'm thinking of bringing on a partner. What should I be considering when I make a decision on that? I say, well, based on my experience having partners and here, based on my experience working with companies who have partners, here's what I would recommend. Another question was, I have an, a, an employee who's resentful and angry because they didn't get a promotion. Somebody else got it. How do we handle that? We can't lose this employee. What do we do? Another one was, I'm going to be taking a week off for, vaca- uh, for vacation, and I won't have phone or email access. How do I prepare my team? They've never had to deal with this before. I mean, woohoo, first vacation. That's awesome. A great milestone. And how do we get our team prepared to make sure everything's covered? Another one was, how do I fire an employee you know, in a way that will make it easier for everyone? I have to fire this person. I want to just make sure I make it as easy for everyone involved as possible. How do I do that? Another one was, I feel like I'm almost ready to get out of, of a revenue-producing role. When, I, when will I know it's time? And how do I take that leap to get out of a truck and start being a business owner, not being a technician in my own company? Uh, we've covered things like, I need a new vehicle. How, should I lease or buy? Or how is the line of credit supposed to work? These are the kinds of things that we people just ask openly about. Here's a specific thing going on in my business. How do I deal with it? What do I do? And that's exactly what this membership is going to be all about. It offers immediate questions to your most pressing questions, which can only be effectively answered by someone who's been right where you are. It offers training to identify and fix the root cause of your problems, as well as understanding the order in which problems should be addressed to make your life easier. That's a critical thing is knowing which order to take things on. It offers mentorship and support with developing systems around tasks you don't like doing so they can be delegated easier and faster, allowing you to get back to what you really enjoy doing. It breaks down your pain points into actionable step-by-step solutions you can implement right away. It gives you the skills to establish effective controls using proven strategies to give you the, the freedom you want. It gives you the confidence from knowing when to trust your and go with your instinct and when to do what's necessary, but absolutely counterintuitive. One of the mo- biggest reasons business fails because we, we tend to do what we think feels right. Half the time that's correct and half the time it's absolutely the wrong thing to do. The membership delivers a, a weekly Zoom call, which provides guidance along the service industry success path I mentioned. And immediate questions that uh, answers to questions you have about your business from someone who's been right where you are, plus the other people in the room, the other business owners there who have great insights as well. And you have access to proven step-by-step systems and proprietary resources so you can build the business you're dreaming of. So not only do you get access to the immediate problem solving, you'll also have access to my entire library of video courses. And you get membership in a community of business owners who are facing or have already overcome the same exact problems you're facing now. So you can come check this out for free, the first meeting, no charge. And if you like it, you can join for the introductory price, which is less than $250 a month. If you're interested, just go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash service industry success, and DM me and just say group. All you got to do is send me a message that says group. I'll reach back out and I'll get you the rest of the information. That's right. It's so new. I don't even have a website built yet. 
I'm literally just going to be launching this here in the next uh, week or two. So go to my business Facebook page, facebook.com slash service industry success and DM me the message group. I'll reply back and we'll get the details worked out from there. All right. So the first thing we got to do on this whole, this whole pendulum changing thing, it's imperative that we recognize that history repeats itself. The economic cycle always goes through a slowdown. This time is not going to be different. If you have somebody advising you telling you, yeah, but this time it's different. Yeah, but our company is so new and fresh and exciting. Our industry is recession-proof. Our industry is, I'm telling you, this is going to affect everyone. It always does. Again, historically, from my perspective, 45% of our time we're looking for more work. 45% of the time we're looking for more employees. And we have that 10% sweet spot we pass through from one extreme to the other. We get so confident. All we have to do is get more employees. The phone's just going to keep ringing. And when it stops and we haven't prepared for it, it's brutal. It's brutal. We have to prepare for this. We have to stay in tune with what's the, the changing criteria driving our customers' decisions, uh, decision-making. We have to uh, stay tuned in with what works with people, when you know, building rapport and trust, things like that. It's just different when they're flush with cash and when they're nervous. As soon as big layoffs are coming and you see foreclosure signs going up on houses, the mood is just different out there and we have to adapt. We have to spend more time educating our employees about how to serve our customers more than we ever have. Even if you're doing a lot now, you're, like, you're going to have to do more. And we're going to have to um, educate our employees about it's keeping up with what the customer wants. It's going to be all about the customer now. It's going to be a big shift. And, you know, it's going to be a shift away from what's in it for the employee, which we still have to, still have to, we still have to have very confident people. And this is the other thing. We have to have the idea that we can just, like, push confident employees aside because now the focus on the customer you need qualified employees in this cycle more than ever because you have to have somebody who gets it. You, 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 we, we have to have people who get it. We have to spend time training. We have to spend time educating them and getting feedback from them. What's working, what's not working. It's critical that we are in tune with how our customers make decisions for what we're coming into. For some employees, all they know is this era of people not worrying about spending big money on things for their houses or cars or whatever it is that you do. Um, it's a it's a it's a a complete shock for some people. Imagine coming out of, out of your trade school or starting your career in your industry in 2013 as at 21 years old, and all you've known is this huge cycle of people just saying yes all the time. Man, that is not the way it is all the time. So we have to train them, we have to prepare them, we have to show them this is what's coming, and we have to get them prepared to take care of our customers. So our customers say yes to us. Um, and again, we can get angry and say they should know better or they should understand employees should get it. I shouldn't have to tell them this every day. We're doing that. We're losing money. They're, they're burning through calls every day. We are taking that approach because they're out there operating as if the world should still be catering to them. And that's just not how it is. So, all right. If you're interested in trying out that new group membership, I'm so excited about this. I'm really, really, really excited about this. I finally get to do this, this, this kind of group we've been talking about for a long time. I'm super thrilled. I think you're going to love it. Go to my, my page, Service Industry Success on Facebook. It's just facebook.com slash service industry success. Shoot me a DM on there. It says group. And I'll respond and take care of all the details. All right. Other than that, if you haven't had a chance yet, please subscribe. Again, we throw, we grow these podcasts three ways. Subscribe, share, ratings, and reviews. That's it. Those are the three things. So please subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. We want to help as many people as we can especially coming into what we're coming into. It's critical that if you, if you care about somebody who owns a business in the service industry, please share this podcast with them. You never know what little tidbits they might pick up here and there that could make all the difference in saving their business or making their business absolutely take off. 
Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review. Really appreciate that. You can spare a couple minutes. Other than that, you guys have a fantastic week. That's it for this week. I'll see you all next week. Bye.